10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6. Hello, and welcome to Rocket Fuel, your daily update of everything that's happening in the Rocket Pool community. My name is Wack. Today is January 26th, and we're going to get started here with some news from the rescue node. So, um, the rescue node, as you all know, I covered a couple of days ago, they are moving off um, Geth, and um, here we've started getting some updates about that. So, they say our Teku consensus node has migrated to Bisu. Uh, Teku users should experience no further uh, service interruptions. Lodestar is next, and then Lodestar, Lighthouse, um, Prism and nimbus remain so i think they're doing it one step at a time so uh teku is going first and that's good and then they've got an update saying our lodestar node has migrated to nethermind lodestar users should experience no further service interruptions prism is next prism lighthouse and nimbus remain so um, teku went across um 14 hours ago and now prism uh, went across two hours ago as of recording which is the middle of the afternoon in um, us eastern time so it looks like the you know the rescue node uh doing one a day so um it will possibly be the case that we will get um all of them done by the end of the weekend or early next week which is absolutely wonderful news so that's really cool um next as well you know we have more client um, um diversity updates so this is p p2p.org and you might remember the name p2p.org for um, them being the ones that were playing the timing games with the MEV blocks um, and they are of course a Lido node operator and here it says Ethereum uh, client diversity update as part of our as part of our client diversity strategy we have successfully transitioned from Geth to Bisu client diversity is an ongoing priority and the Geth supermajority pose an extreme risk possibly burning the majority of staked ETH in the worst case scenario um, so that the here then they talk about we took the severity of this seriously. Um, our immediate actions to switch clients were aimed at safeguarding all assets. Um, our team has put in considerable effort to ensure seamless transition. We maintain the highest security and performance standards uh, for your staked ETH. We believe that together with the rest of the community, we can reduce Geth to usage below 66% ideally you know eventually below 33 percent um so we don't even get finality issues if there's any problems with geth and here jesse pollock of base is saying thank you for your service of course he's you know got relationships with um, coinbase as well so hopefully coinbase follows suit with this quicker than just promising research in a month's time because it's not a big deal it's really easy to do okay and then here as well we get another update this is from anchor stating uh, staking who are um like a, a staking service another LST um, and they're saying that they're switching 30% to Aragon next week and they're bullish on Ethereum social layer so then there's a screenshot saying next week we must uh, transfer about 30% to Aragon and um, also we have uh, power validators in SSV and most SSV uh, operators use different clients but we plan to have much more features in Q1 around decentralization in general so this is um, of course you know Anchor saying that this is what they're um, signaling and they tagged uh, tagged um, superphase and um, jasper as well which is really cool amongst other people um so this is um you know this news uh, was tagged with those people so it just shows you how they're kind of uh, carving out this um position for themselves as people who care about um excuse um client diversity which is really cool of course phase remains you know the superman of that which is which is awesome um and then we had um yeah so you know this is this is ongoing this is really great that this is happening and um i think you know it might be that we are already below 66 percent it's just the numbers haven't been updated yet let me see if i have the website here um 
the acclaimed diversity.org. So if we have a look over here, um, the current distribution, it says 78% geth, but um, that, I don't know if that includes, you know, all nodes and uh, like P2P and a bunch of all these other groups that are saying that they're moving, like just all nodes themselves have about 3% of um, Ethereum staked with them. Um, ETH staked, staked ETH, 3% of staked ETH is staked with all nodes. So um, this is, this is really good to see that, you know, they're, they're, this numbers should be coming down uh, it might already be below um like i said 66 percent, but maybe not quite yet um but hopefully like you know within a month or two um we should be doing really well uh, this is really wonderful just how quickly like you know the community understood the severity of um the current um you know the status quo and um acted to move on it really quickly like we just literally need one um Coinbase, for example, you know, with 15% of the stake to move to Bisu, um, and then Bisu would have 20%, Nethermind would have 14%, and Geth would have 63%. So that just on its own would be fantastic. Um, you know, if we get um a bunch of them to move to Nethermind and Bisu, uh, because those are the most production-ready clients at the moment. Um, you know, Aragon, from what I understand, isn't quite there for um running validators and Reth, I think still needs to build up some Lindy and um, needs to be battle tested a little bit more. But, um, you know, very soon, hopefully we'll have um, five execution clients and hopefully the distribution will be, you know, even a little bit better than the consensus side where Prism and Lighthouse could technically cause finality issues right now. But then, you know, with um, um, Tiku, uh, Nimbus and Lordstar, hopefully we can um, get those a bit bolstered as well so they're like 20 to 25 percent each like 15 to 25 percent each would be fantastic there as well okay next we've got this update from the latest um all core devs consensus um call acdc um and they were talking about which um eips to prioritize for um petra so this is the upgrade that is going to be happening after denkun which is scheduled kind of for March right now, it looks like middle of March, potentially maybe the end of March, if there's any bugs that come up in um, testnet uh, deployments. But, um, you know, this is a this is a discussion that's been happening now for the last few days where, um, you know, people working with different client teams are kind of signaling which EIPs they think um, should have priority and which ones they like support moving forward with. At this point, nothing is set in stone, so everything can change. However, it seems like a lot of people are talking about um, EIP um, 7002 uh, to be included. And this is the EIP that will um, enable execution layer uh, triggerable exits. So it'll be like forced exits. So what this means is if you sign, uh, you know, if you become a node operator with Rocket Pool, you will give Rocket Pool the ability to um, kick your node off of the network. Um, and this will be used, you know, if, if you're misbehaving by like stealing MEV or anything like that. Now, this is a really, really big update for Rocket Pool because um, we, um, we need this to help with our scaling, right? Like at the moment, you know, we're at the limit of what we can do safely with LEB8s when you keep um, MEV theft in mind. And then going forwards, you know, um, EIP 7002 will uh, really open the door for um, for mega pools. And with mega pools, we'll be able to like, uh, you know, change the collateral type. So it's across the node instead of across a single validator. And we will also be able to potentially get down to LEB2s, maybe even LEB1.5s. I've seen some people float around, but we'll have to like, you know, assess the safety of those numbers. Um, there's another one that like impacts Rocket Pool, but here Christine says that, you know, the, the devs are still debating whether to prioritize EIP um, 
7251 and this is increasing the effect maximum effective max, increasing the max effective balance so you know at the moment you stop earning rewards on 32 ETH that's the max and the minimum that you need for your validator um, however increasing the maximum amount that you have in your validator means that you'll be able to um, like um, compound your rewards also it means that uh, people will consolidate their stake into fewer validators and what will happen with that is it'll reduce the load on the network so um, hopefully you know we can um, then do cool stuff with like blobs and other cool stuff that's that we're unlocking right now so this is really important um like i said this is these discussions are still ongoing but it seems like there's strong support for 7002 and that i think is going to be huge for rocket pool i don't have the tweet anymore but i saw um i saw something it was from portus so let me see if i can find it actually um so this discussion was um yeah no i'm not I'm not sure what it is. Um, basically, uh, Porter's here was saying that um, they they want a slimmer um, Petra upgrade so they can ship it before the end of the year, like um, end of Q3 or beginning of Q4. That would be absolutely phenomenal, but it also means that we need to get our, uh, you know, we need to start moving quick um, to get Saturn ready um, because uh, ideally, you know, we'd like to deploy Saturn um, in conjunction with Petra and uh, forced exits. That would be absolutely amazing. So um, definitely keep an eye on this space. You know, I'll keep you all up to date on everything that's going on and anything, of course, that relates to Rocky Pool, I'll, I'll be here for it. Okay, yesterday I covered this dashboard by um, Antheus Labs, which is um, a scorecard dashboard. And since um, since they um, you know since they uh, put this out at the time, there was very little uh, feedback. But um, I was covering it today's episode just to ask you all to go and give it feedback. But um, it looks like some of the people have already like started doing that. So Pterosius says it looks fine. However, it looks like a ripoff of the Lido scorecard, uh, which is not ideal. I think we should uh, be the same but different. Um, and this is, I think that the content is much more important than how it looks. Um, I'd use less title case, no title case for section titles and column names. And then here, um, Dondo says that the purpose of the scorecard could be made more clear. The dimensions make sense, but what's the goal they should be evaluated against? For example, where where is where is rocket pool succeeding can be interpreted from many points of view are eth holders node operators eth holders superfiz governance actors governance entities the rp team etc from a gmc point of view i care about metrics like whether we're spending for this effectively marketing and biz dev oriented folks like jasper probably may pay more attention to mindshare etc and then here pateris as well saying um echoing what sorry jasper saying echoing what pateris said um and then kind of going through that information as well and um you know the um Antheus team people are um you know saying thank you for reading through and um like um, saying thank you for the recommendations and um like just talk about ux so those are um some of the feedback things that they've done and um you know if you have a few minutes go and have a look at this dashboard and um, give your feedback about the user experience side of things um the content stuff i think is going to be the next milestone so um we can work on that later together Okay, um, here we have an update from Stake Rocket Pool, uh, and this is the last DeFi uh, RPL, uh, RP DeFi update that um, Kent will be doing. He'll be passing it along um, to um, a different person, and um, we'll be covering that from um, I think next week or the week after, every two weeks or so two weeks time. But here we have the latest um, RPL DeFi guide, uh, the Rocket Pool um, investments like um, and um, incentives that are out there. So we're starting with. Um, 
this wrapped ETH, WETH pool um, on Gamma Strategies that has got 16, 18% total APR and they're giving some good boosts there as well with your rewards. Um, here then there's some screenshots of the actual sheet itself. So let's go and have a look at the actual sheet and see what's going on there. So um, Balancer here is 14.6% and um, Uniswap 11.6%. So those are there. And then on Minna here, the Gamma one is... Um, 18% that you can see pancake swap uh, nearly 17% that's actually been quite high for a few weeks now so people have been making some really decent money on that pancake swap one um, and then there's some other active strategies as well that you can be part of and get the different rewards but if you want to uh, see the breakdown you can go through the whole document and find everything that is there so that's um, really cool like um, if you want to do that you can play around with that um, and the link of course as always will be in the description Okay, next we're going to be talking about client updates. And here we have this one from Geth. And Geth are saying that they have a new version um, 1.13.11. And it says this release fixes a few bugs and enables the Cancun upgrade for the Sapoli and Haleshki networks. Sapoli will upgrade on January 31st and Haleshki on February 7th. And this naturally is a required upgrade if you intend to follow either of those chains. So then they're just talking about what else is included in there. But if you are in either of those test nets, I know that you know there's a rocket pool contingent on Haleshki. Then if you're running Geth on there, um, you'll need to upgrade to make sure that you don't split the chain. Okay, next we're going to move away from uh, Rocket Pool stuff and talk about some other stuff. So one of the big things that's looming on the horizon for um, the Ethereum ecosystem and the Ethereum, like just every crypto ecosystem, I guess, as a whole, is the Ethereum spot ETF applications. So here we have Scott Johnson, who has got a thread about... Um, where what's like what's happening with the ethereum spot etf and he says this is intended to be a deep dive into the current landscape for crypto spot etfs generally with emphasis on eth i'll do this in four parts for ease of reference so there's a general roadmap threshold issue a btc spot approval and eth analysis so you know there's four parts here and you can have a look at what it looks like so the tldr is on eth there is uh, much nuance right now but long term the eth spot ETF is almost guaranteed. Short term, uh, Scott here is concerned approval may be delayed so long as Coinbase and Binance Securities Exchange actions are ongoing. So those court cases might like, hang over the decision of the SEC, um, even though, you know, uh, Ethereum is not listed as a security in either of those cases. But um, I guess they just want to um, see what happens with that. And of course, you know, as I mentioned before, um, in the Coinbase ruling, especially um, the judge, I think, took a quite a strong position with the SEC. So that's going to be definitely interesting to have a look at. So here there's the, you know, the Scott shows the timeline for BTC. And he says it took seven years from step one to spot ETF with disapprovals along the entire period. During this time, arguments evolved and matured, resulting in the current um, regime following the 19B4 approval order for uh, spot ETFs this past month. So here then shows the Ethereum timeline. It says the two things to note is one, the timeline is compressing, which makes sense as issues and the SEC refine arguments to react to impacts from litigation, e.g. grayscale. And also we're currently, you know, post step two world. Um, as a result, we've opened applications for both step three. So that's the futures uh, by grayscale um, and a step four spot ETF. And we can posit that step two and three are likely no longer necessary prerequisites for spot approval. He's going to get into that as well. So then there's a whole lot of information in this, but let's just skip to section four where he's talking about um, ETH. So it's a spot approval. This is the end goal. This is um, 
a critically requires another formal 19b4 approval from the sec as we experienced with btc this month so the approval process should generally be fresh in many people's minds to understand how the sec is thinking about future approvals including eth we must understand two things yeah, so he says we should understand two things. Uh, what is the threshold question with regards to context from the grayscale ruling? And what is the current view of the SEC to satisfying this question bounded by BTC approval order? It says the threshold question is addressed in part two. The analysis of the SEC's view and BTC approval order is addressed in part three. So you can go ahead and like read all of those different parts. And um, yeah, the people are saying, you know, this is a great thread. There's a lot of respect, you know, for, for putting this out. Um, However, one of the things that Scott uh, says is, you know, regarding the ETH analysis, he says, um, I mostly want people to brace themselves for the possibility of a disapproval that says, we looked at the full two and a half year sample period, and while the most recent one and a half year period is sufficiently correlated to satisfy um, six, you know, part 6B5, um, we expect sufficient correlation consistency across the entire sample period. This is not wholly unreasonable, almost certainly not arbitrary and capricious. Uh, Telegraph's approval will likely come in a year, making the appeal less attractive, the SEC look constructive, and avoids the Coinbase Binance issue, at least for the purpose of the district court cases. So, um, you know, Scott's saying that um, it's possible, but let's see, let's see what happens here. So um, that's definitely interesting to have a look at um, and think about in these coming months. It looks like, you know, we're going to be getting decisions in May, um, either uh, approval or rejection. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Okay, I'm covering some Graviton news here today because they are unveiling a partnership with Stakewise. So they're saying that they're accepting uh, OSE from Stakewise as collateral for minting Gry, and they have a mint cap of 1 million Gry with a max um, LTV of 80%. Uh, so that's how you know letting you borrow against that. One of the interesting things that um, Graviton is also going to be doing um, is actually setting up a stakewise um, node operator and they'll be doing that through node set so um, there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff happening there with with you know node set with um, gravita as well and of course in you know, these are protocols that i've covered lots of times on rocket fuel before um but now it looks like you know um node set node operators almost all of whom are rocket pool node operators they'll be able to um eventually well soon potentially start staking on behalf of um of gravita uh, for on stakewise so that's definitely something to keep an eye open for and i think this you know integration is just one step towards that happening okay and finally um, this is actually the first time i recorded a whole episode where everything was not on discord except this last story and that's just a personal story uh, from one of our community members so um here a sneaky ninja guy says i just signed the documents for the sale of my business um and he says i'm no longer going to be doug after the joke that you know he was part of melissa and doug he says he got a hell of an offer so like this is really great and he says he wasn't planning to put the business up for sale until the end of this year but he couldn't turn this down and then non-fungible Yoakum says, are you going to do what Wack with this with his house money? And of course, you know, there's a famous story of me investing a chunk of my house money into buying RPL. And he says, um, Sneaky says, uh, I might dabble a bit, but I'm not going to YOLO in uh, all of it. And also the total pay period is over five years. So I guess, you know, he's not going to get all the money at once, but that's actually really cool. And he says he'll have more time to shitpost and hopefully actually start shifting towards contributing to this space. And of course, you know, the main contribution that Sneaky does is something that I love so much is like he's my number one contributor for content for Rocket Fuel. So um, if he has more time to do that, you know, I honestly think that Rocket Fuel uh, episodes are going to get even better and packed with more content. So he's just explaining that, you know, he's going to be a consultant for two more years and that, uh, um, 
uh, he's yeah it's it's really exciting so um I'm, I'm really happy for sneaky totally deserves it like he's been um you know doing really great stuff inside the community and and obviously outside the community as well so um you know kudos to him uh, congratulations and yeah fuck off <laughs> as is tradition to say you know to people who um who uh succeed like this so congrats man like i'm so proud of you and so happy for you and uh we can celebrate together in denver Okay, thanks everyone for watching, listening, and being part of the Rocket Fuel community. Um, I will see you all on Monday um, with potentially some drama about the Eigenlayer bounty integration. Um, that might be something to keep an eye on over the weekend, but I'll talk to you all about that next week. Anyway, uh, be good and um, restful. have a restful weekend, and I'll see you soon. Bye.